count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooten and Why Show. Well, week three was crazy. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> Hi, why? What's up, man? Eight two and O teams lost in week three. Crazy. There was a a lot of um a lot of upsets. Uh, the NFL took two weeks off. Uh, had a little bit of a sleep in. Uh, Which I can appreciate. Yeah, I can appreciate sleep. As a lover of sleep ins. Just in sleep in general. Yeah. What a crazy week. It was an unbelievable week. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you're right. The two weeks is kind of like the preseason because a lot of teams don't want to take too much risk with injury. And yeah. I can't remember where I heard it. I think it might have been even Wesling on around the NFL. And it's great to have him back. Um, but mentioning sort of how the preseason slowed, the lack of preseason by players has slowed things a little bit. But now, like, plethora of points. All the over, under bets, God. Like, it's just so many points. But it, but it made for entertaining football. Yeah. I mean, Cam Newton's still sleeping. He hasn't <laughs> seemed to come out of hibernation yet. But, yeah, there's a few players like that, a few teams still like that. But, oh, some that went into sleep, some that have taken a nap. Ravens. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. It's that long, they're a bit jet lagged. They're jet lagged. Maybe they're still on the plane. Maybe. Uh, ratings up across the board for networks and NFL programming, despite what uh, the POTUS will tell you otherwise. Uh, so that was great in that regard. So Arrow firmly pointing up for the NFL after an exciting week three. Is it firmly pointing down for Trump? Yeah. It's not a grim. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been further pointing down than it is right now. Just yeah. a whole heap of issues just... Uh, eliminated challenge. Um, I don't know the precise number of people that bowed out. Uh, we were hanging on by a thread with the uh, Tom Brady comeback. The the fumble, I thought it was over. The interception uh, bobble, uh, I thought it was over. That, that was that was it. Yeah, we all and every week we're always like, oh crap, we forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, who should we pick? And we're like, I messaged you. I was like, Pat's. Like, like Pat's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pats, I knew Pats, the Steelers Pats. were going to have a Tomlin. Yep. Tomlin game. And yeah. we didn't like the Jets game. We just, yeah, yeah. it wasn't the spot. A lot of people bowed out on the Raiders um, in prime time as well. So, huge. We know when Cutler gets hot. We do. Uh, and cold. Um, so. Anyway, what happened in the week, anyway? Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's start with Rams 49ers uh, starring Jared Goff, Sammy Watkins, Brian Hoyer, and Pierre Garçon. Uh, this game was the fast and furious of football. It had everything imaginal, imaginable, but at the same time, it was completely unbelievable. A game quarterbacked by Jared Goff and Brian Hoyer had 80 points in it. 80. 
Pierre Garçon and Semi Watkins traded insane grabs with plenty of toe drag swag, while Carlos Hyde and Todd Gurley swapped long, long yardage runs and plenty of touchdowns. Who would have thought the pairing of the Rams and 49ers would be more explosive than Vin Diesel and The Rock? Rewatchability score 84%, and the Rams win 41-39. to Whew, Hot start. We travel to London for a Jaguars home game. It's pretty much home for them. Yep. Starring Mercedes Lewis, Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, and Leonard Fournette. Joe Flacco elite? No, no he's not. Flacco's first completed pass in this one was to AJ Boy. With eight minutes remaining in the second quarter, over the pond, Flacco remains not elite, but Blake Bortles might be the UK's GOAT as he hit the luxurious... Mercedes Lewis for three touchdown grabs. Damn, still, I didn't know he was playing still, to be honest. Blake Bortles is now 2-0 and over his last game, two games in London. Is it 2-0? 3-0? Could be 3-0. I think it's 3-0 now. for me. And is undefeated against the Ravens in 195 of the world's 196 countries. The NFL is one step closer to the London's silly nannies. Jaguars came out on top 44 to 7. Rewatchability score 33%. Denver Broncos at Buffalo Bills starring EJ Gaines. All about them Gaines, bro. Tyrod Taylor, Von Miller, and Jamal Charles. Vintage Jamal Charles back. After a sack, Von Miller pulled the classic, oh, too slow comedy move on his mate Tyrod Taylor while extending his hand to help him up. Ha 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 ha. Last all around, right? Wrong. The NFL penalized Miller. Wrongly so, too. And it was more outrageous than Trevor Simeon's performance in regular altitude. Hey, Trev, win a game at sea level and get back to us. Bills win 26-16. Rewatchability score 62%. 62. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Chicago Bears. Starring Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Marcus Cooper, <laughs> and our buddy Jordan Berry. This game had two insane endings, so it was fittingly given... A 69% rating. Nice. Nice. Marcus Cooper, lazy blocked field goal return. Created all the drama in the world as our beloved Aussie Jordan made a very nice play. The puns in this is insane. (laughs) I'm so sorry. The result, both locker rooms coming back onto the field for one last play. Scenes. If Marcus Cooper's efforts to the end of the first half weren't wild enough, we got to witness Tariq Seth Cohen ice skate around Steeler defenders in overtime. The thunder to Cohen's lightning in Jordan Howard finished the game off with the winning TD run. Rewatchability, as we said, 69%. Nice. The Bears win in overtime, 23-17. Typical Tomlin game. Saints at Panthers, starring Cameron Jordan, Drew Brees, PJ Williams, and Michael Thomas. You know your offense is in deep, deep trouble if it struggles to score points on this porous Saints defense. On the flip side, it was a vintage Drew Brees display. Brees shredded the league's number one defense in a performance that we were more expecting from the Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. This Carolina offense continues to struggle, and Cam's arm may as well have been broken as his throws seem to lack any real venom. Newton refuses to run, and the team refuses to script for anything else other than throwing to McCaffrey on every play. Saints win Easily, 34 to 13. Rewatchability score, 37%. Yeah. Yeah. The Bucks travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings, starring Case Keenum, Stephon Diggs, Harrison Smith, and Deshaun Jackson. 
The electrifying wide receiver duo of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen brutally murdered a Tampa Bay secondary. Take your pick at what surname you want to make into a pun to explain it. You feeling good or you digging it? In one of the most bizarre subplots to this wild week, Case Keenum posts a 142 passer rating while outdueling famous Jameis. Tampa Bay get pumped and lose Levante David and Gerald McCoy to injuries in the process. Talk about hard knocks. Vikings win crazily. 34-17. to 17. Rewatchability though. 63. Not a bad game. Pretty good. Yeah. Cleveland Browns at Indianapolis Colts starring Jacoby, Mike Vick, Brissett, T.Y. Hilton, Rashawn Melvin, and Jordan Leslie. In the battle between two AFC powerhouses, it was the two lesser-known players who emerged as unsung heroes. Rashawn Melvin put the demons of his 2015 divisional round behind him with two interceptions. And an actual real player called Jordan Leslie channeled OBJ and David Tyree in an epic over-the-helmet one-handed grab. Jacoby Brissett continues to be like Mike, and Duke continues to nuke him. And again, Colts fans left screaming, I love Hooker. Colts win, 31-28. Rewatchability score, 60%. Good games this week. Been good. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Starring Demario Davis, Jamal Adams, Josh McCowan, Cameron Wake. Stay woke, Miami. Cameron Wake's strong performance wasn't enough to lift his team over the Jets. Josh McCowan completely outplayed Jake Cutler, and this was highlighted by a 69-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson. Nice. Nice. Jay, smoking Jay, remains the most Jekyll and Hyde quarterback in the league, only managing 220 yards against a team that is actively trying to lose this season. Rewatchability score, 41%. The Jets win 20-6. to Houston Texans at New England Patriots. Starring Tom Brady, Brandon Cooks, Deshaun Watson, and Jadavian Clowney. After having a fumble luckily recovered by a teammate and an interception luckily bobbled by a defensive back, Tom Brady delivers an absolute stunning touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks to rally the Patriots to a Super Bowl 51-like comeback win over the rookie-led Houston Texans. Bill O'Brien and his ass-like chin shat themselves by kicking a field goal up two points instead of winning the game. Bill O-B-Y-O-Y. Patriots win 36-33. Rewatchability score, 84%. Atlanta Falcons at Detroit. Starring Devontae Freeman, Glover Quinn, Alex Mack, and Al Revere. The game had absolutely no drama at all. No team was winning all game, then lost it in the final seconds, and then given the win back again. There was no drama whatsoever involving Golden Tate catch on the goal line a 10-second clock runoff, and a ruling from a mystery Bond villain named Al Rivera. In a strange twist, it was the five-year anniversary of Tate's Fail Mary TD catch. And to make the pain somehow even worse, the Lions food was on fire in their locker room. Which was... Saints. It's not- Saints. <laughs> Falcons won 30-26 to in a heartbreaking fashion for the Lions. Rewatchability, though, 82. Riff-roarer of a game. Al Rivera. Definitely sounds like a villain, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles starring Odell Beckham Jr., Jake Elliott, Timmy Jernigan, Janoris Jenkins. In true any given Sunday fashion, the Eagles would need 22-year-old rookie fifth-round pick Jake Elliott to convert a 61-yard field goal. No big deal. It's no big deal, right? It's only the longest field goal in the history of Lincoln Financial Field history. Well, not for Elliott, it wasn't a big deal. He drilled it. The crowd goes absolutely wild as the Giants continue to search for their first win. And Odell Beckham Jr. continues to search 
his search for a fire hydrant to urinate on. The Eagles win in stunning fashion, 27-24. Rewatchability score, 80%. Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. Starring Marcus Mariota, Rashad Matthews, Richard Sherman, and Taylor Lewan. Richard Sherman amazingly found a new way to get penalised three times in one play, and that didn't even include his sideline scuffle with Taylor Lewan after his late helmet-to-helmet hit on Marcus Mariota. Taylor Lewan, we will follow you into the mists of Avalon. After a, sl- after a slow and punt-filled first quarter, Super Mariota found a level-up mushroom in a hidden block. <sighs> Lead seven scoring drives and rescued Princess Peach from Bowser and the Legion of Doom. <laughs> this is brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Titans won 33-27 against the Seahawks. Rewatchability, 73%. Gotta love a Mario ref. Kansas City Chiefs at Los Angeles Chargers, starring Kareem Hunt, Marcus Peters, Melvin Ingram, and Melvin Gordon. Everyone continues to hunt down Kareem in the Offensive Rookie of the Year race, while defenders may have to close in on Ingram for the Defensive Player of the Year race. When you can't trust your young way co, it might be time to look another way co. Is your typical Crimea Rivers performance as the Chargers outplayed and outdrove the Conservative Chiefs, only to lose the turnover battle 3-0 and fall to 0-3. Rewatchability score fifty seven percent and the Chiefs go three and up. Bengals at the Packers, starring Josh Jones, Geronimo Allison, William Jackson the third, and AJ Green. So say Geronimo. Allison. Say Geronimo. Allison. Say Geronimo. Allison. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers finds Geronimo Allison on a long bomb to guide the greatest quarterback on the planet to his first ever overtime victory. It wasn't without its fair share of drama as the lip readers of the world picked up on Aaron's anger. Turns out lasers can help cut down defenses as Bill Lazor's new offense helps the Bengals finally find the end zone. Packers win in overtime 27-24, rewatchability 78%. Oakland Raiders at Washington Redskins, starring Chris Thompson, Vernon Davis, Kendall Fuller, and Khalil Mack. It's been three weeks of the NFL season when we still don't know if the Raiders are for real. The Raiders try to jumpstart the Derek Carr, but Ryan Kerrigan, Josh Norman, and Monte Nicholson had other ideas. Elsewhere, the widest quarterback on the planet, Kirk Cousins, kept connecting with Chris Thompson as he made this affair the return of the Yak rather than the return of the Khalil Mack. Score? 27-10, 27-10, rewatchability score, 37%. Dallas Cowboys at the Arizona Cardinals, starring, starring Demarcus Lawrence. That guy went off. Bryce Butler, Dak Prescott, and also went off. Larry Fitzgerald. Kirk Cousins and co. were screaming, you like that, after Sunday Night Football. But the state of Texas answered, back with, you like Dak? After the Dak attack led a comeback victory in Monday Night Football, while Larry Fitzgerald was defying the laws of physics with his high-flying acrobatic grabs, the man they called D-Law was laying down D-Law. Gruden's grinder of the night is appropriately nicknamed Tank. Saucy. The Cards lose this one. They managed to lose this one to the Cowboys. 28-17. Rewatchability, though. Good game. 76%. Three-point stance. 
All right, our three-point stance this week, uh, looking back at a week three in the NFL, and the first point is obviously the NFL protests and Donald Trump. Uh, obviously, huge week in terms of off-the-field issues and, and players uh, making a stand, making their voice known, and their opinions of Trump's comments the day before over the weekend in a rally at Alabama, and plenty of tweets afterwards um you know meanwhile puerto rico is literally underwater from hurricanes and, mm-hmm. and weather and donald trump's getting uh fed up with semantics involving players uh exercising their right uh under the freedom of the american flag and what it represents to make uh a point about the justice and equality of of members of america it it's a huge occasion across uh, all sport now we've got nba players getting involved as well I love it. Not so much. Uh, sorry, that's <laughs> not what Trump's doing. That I think it's just. I'll go into it a little bit more later, but I love these leagues like uniting together, and um, you know, whatever side of the fence you're on in regards to kneeling, standing, the unity as a whole. Owners and players have never been closer. You see them, you know, linking arms, whether or not they were. They were coming out of the locker room, staying in the locker room. It was all poor Villa, Villa and waiver. Yeah. his name is got just got caught in a weird spot there. He explained it all, and it's worth checking out the thread from his press conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He was with uh, Philly for a little bit of time as well, so um, kind of know his backstory a little bit. Um, it's a really, really good read if you can go back and I mean, yeah. his story's been covered a lot. I know, but it's so unique. It's so great and. Uh, you know, he was he was trialing for defensive end at Philly, and now he's an offensive lineman, and you One know he, he just wanted to play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's a really really good story. So go check that out. But, um. Yeah. Like you said, his reasoning behind it, you can understand why he did what he did and things like that. Um. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's stories coming out that you know players are getting um losing their endorsement deals because they kneel. I think Von Miller lost it. Yeah. He'll and, be fine. Oh, I don't, he's not going to get broke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I think that's, it's going to, sad. yeah, yeah. it is a, it's, it and is a bit how upsetting. Many, how many athletes are they going to able to land if ever, if all of their teammates are doing the same thing? Yeah, I know. Anyway, so we're not going to, I don't think we want to get stuck on it too much. Too I, much. Donald Trump, I think is shifting. I mean, a lot, I think a lot of the owners will be happy um, that it was shifting some of the blame of some of the things that were going on in their organizations as well as I think Trump was trying to shift the blame of his, of his own re- recently um, his healthcare got his proposal got turned down again so what what do you do you divert attention elsewhere and just attack look, shiny look um, yeah. yeah a lot of people got annoyed by uh, calling people son of a bitch yeah it was it's the- you're the president, you know. You'd like, you like, you, you, you could easily see. Sorry, you could easily see like a skit on Saturday Night Live and a president calling someone a son of a bitch, and people just laughing and thinking, you know, president yeah. saying that—that's that's outrageous. Yeah. Now you're genuinely scared because that's the current situation that we're in. LeBron said it rightly. He said, whether r- right or wrong, kids look up to the president as some sort of hero. And it made me think, like, some kids, like, some kids that are, like, four, five, six, who weren't really aware of what, like, Obama when they were young, like, their first president that they're going to remember is this guy. And he's coming out and calling their favorite athletes sons of bitches. 
Like it, it's just it's insane. Like it's just incredible. And for me, I always think of back to one segment on a, a podcast that I listen to, and that's the Levitard Show. And Dan asks all his producers, "What's the one word that comes to mind when you think of the American flag?" And the first guy says, "Freedom," and that's it. Freedom. So if you you either you can still love the flag and support what it represents and and be thankful for everyone that's fought for the flag in this overseas or in war or whatever and still want equality for everyone involved and freedom of speech and freedom of expression i don't understand how the two can't be the same it's not one or the other yeah and that's where some people are getting caught up in and people are burning jerseys like and like i watched the video today of people burning their terrell suggs jerseys because he took a kneel yeah uh, and took so- a knee like, <clears throat> it's just insane and People uh, are missing the fact that, you know, a lot of this, it, no one that is saying, you know, they're kneeling, is they're not fighting, or like they're not saying that, you know... You hate the troops. Yeah, we hate the troops. The national anthem isn't just for the troops as well. It's for everyone. Kaepernick. Let's go back, because Kaepernick kind of started this whole thing, get right? A job, please. The go- <laughs> hey, there's, there's jobs out there, guys. You can't even get on Sports Illustrated. Cover right. Steph Curry is. Uh, Ryan Nassib's got a job. Um, anyway, so Kaepernick, this all started, and this was all around the time of Charlottesville and all this stuff going on, mm. and like Trump's just trying to take advantage of it to stay relevant. And oh my, I think Kaepernick's message has really been effective, and it was a peaceful protest, and it's worked. Yeah, and it's it's gone crazy, and it's taken a negative turn because of Trump, but I think the message is loud and clear of what the players want and what yeah, what it represents. Yeah. So, okay, so, yes, this was a, a monumental week of, like, how um, teams came out about it. I know that... Um, Man, even Adam Gotsis took a knee, and he was one of the only sort of white players from Denver to do it, which I thought was really awesome, and it was kind of like a full circle thing because we had the Aussie on the podium back at the Olympics with Peter Norman, um, and then he, Australia shunned him, and mm-hmm. he got an apology six years after he died from the Australian Olympic Committee, um, and the, the the two other guys in the photo, and I've just gone completely blank on their names because we were into our third show and my mind's <laughs> racing, but they actually carried his coffin at their funeral, at his funeral. Like, that's how much he meant to them and, and being involved in that protest. And now, sort of in a weird way, we've got another Aussie sort of in a monumental type of yeah. protest from, from black athletes as well. So it's pretty it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. So, so cool sort of side story to all of that. Okay, so this this week, like like I said, so there's all this there's all this unity with the teams and things like that, um, arms on shoulders around each other. I know they some some teams had really long meetings prior to it. Did Seattle Seattle had a four hour meeting prior to the game. Yeah. Um, not the best probably time to do this. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, they probably should have been prepping, but blocking. Yeah. They, what 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 happens next week? I think the same type of thing. More of the same. It's just going to yeah. be like this all season. Yeah, uh, Rogers has come out and said he wants the crowd to link arms and just participate as well. So that, that's interesting. I, Are you taking knees in the crowd? I don't think you it's can't too hard. really. It's, too hard. <laughs> it's just. I mean, if you go into <laughs> that just, effort, you're just you're seeking yeah. attention. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I uh, we'll have to just wait and see. I think it'll be more of the same um, until. A lot of players have said they're not going to stop until Trump apologizes for his comments. So, I, I and, don't, that, and don't hold your breath. He's a stubborn man. Don't hold your breath. All right, let's let's talk some actual football stuff. And the second one is 
Joe Flacco and looking at his career with the Ravens, and it might be seen as an overreaction because he, you know he's coming off arguably his worst game. I think he threw twenty eight passing yards. That's like that's not a typo. Like he <laughs> he threw that amount of yards. But when you look at the Ravens overall, um, it's been sort of four and a half. Sorry, the team's two and a half years removed from its last playoff appearance and four and a half removed from a legitimate playoff run. And Flacco, over the last few years, has got an 80 to 61 touchdown to interception ratio. So he's not really considered in the elite tier of quarterbacks. Yes, Joe Flacco is not elite. But now what, like, if they don't make the playoffs this year, they're now five years, five calendar year, years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. And Flacco just hasn't performed well. And even before that, just that one run. So what do the Ravens do with this? It's an interesting one. Um... Their defense, we were talking about earlier on in the season that, you know, they're going to keep them in games. That That's where they're going to hang their hat on. I think they still will. That was just a blemish, I think. Yeah, so it's, I agree. Um, especially, you know, flying over to London for yeah. a, what is pretty much a Jacksonville home game. I mean, it was a Jacksonville home game anyway, but I think it's always going to be deemed a Do Jacksonville home game. In London than uh, they in Jacksonville? I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know in regards to what you do with Flacco. Flacco is... He's one of those guys that you're not surprised when he leads a fourth quarter comeback with these deep bombs and that they're put on an absolute dime. But then you're not surprised when it's just an absolute, you know, it's just putrid like like it was in London. Like he, there was just nothing going, and from from pretty much the first quarter, you just knew this wasn't going to be their day. And I'm not sure if it was just because of London and or or what, but he hasn't looked good, like you said, for a while. Yeah. So I don't know. 1.5 yards per attempt. There you go. Like, that's just bad. And his contract situation's not ideal. Um, so if they make him a June 1 cut next offseason, they'll save $12 million in cap space, and they're pretty bad for cap space at the moment and for next season. So cutting him... Obviously, will save twelve million, but then they also have to pay him twelve million from the cap without him actually being on the roster. So it's smack bang twelve million either way. But then, so your cap with him is like ten point eight million, or it's twenty two point eight without him. And then the following year, if you do make him that June one cut, it goes from forty six to fifty seven million for twenty nineteen. So I honestly think they need to start looking at drafting his replacement, um, possibly this upcoming draft. All right, look at, the, look at their team, right? So their defense is really young, and it's... Uh, super young. It's, it's super young, and it's really good, and it's really optimistic and everything. So much depth. Similar situation, what um, what happened and how they started out in Oakland. They built that really solid defense. They got Khalil Mack, and they... You know, that's the side of the ball, that's the side of the ball they built on first, and, you know, these young players... With a little bit of an injection with experienced players, but most of it was just young, and they, you know, gelled together over a few years and things like that. Then that's when they got that really sturdy offensive line and put a quarterback and a young wide receiver together, and then it just yep. blossomed from there. Why can't they do the same thing? Why can't they get rid of Flacco, find their new quarterback? They've already got the defense in place. They don't really need to do anything there. I think it might be a terms of like a changing of the guard where they still have Flacco but then have that rookie quarterback on the the rookie scale and just you might see a, a Flynn Russell Wilson scenario possibly but like you, you you like you like Harbaugh you don't there's no problems there for me no nah. I think I think 
there is a bit of, um, you know, when you go through those Super Bowl runs and things like that, there is a bit of loyalty there. There is a bit of, yeah. you know, that, oh, hey, we won our Super Bowl together, right? I'm yeah. not letting go of you. Um, I think that's a lot of why Eli still has his job. I think, yes. uh, without those, those two Super Bowl runs, I'm not sure if he'd be the quarterback in New England, but in different story. New York, you mean? <laughs> yep. Definitely. Definitely wouldn't there wouldn't be in New England, so. But for Flacco, like, where do the excuses stop as well? Because everyone keeps talking about lack of weapons and injuries, and I understand that they're really banged up this year, and, you know, the weapons aren't great, but, it, like, Macklin and Wallace are nothing to sneeze at. Um, but those excuses just have been the same every season, so it's getting a little bit old and repetitive. So I know it's only week three, and he could turn it around, and, and the Ravens can still be a legitimate playoff contender in the AFC if the defense keeps keeps going. But it's hard to see without Marshall Yonder the offense improving um, to where to where it can go. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the last little bit of our three point stance, and to me. So how does that red zone experience for you in week three rank all time? And it's hard to think of other weekends, but without cataloging it all, luckily we're doing that now on from with our round review, <laughs> so we can see how this experience um, compares with future ones. But where does it rank for you? Because that last witching hour, in inverted commas, for what Scott Hansen said was amazing. Hook it to my veins, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have to... You know, think back quite a bit. I I don't remember a game in recent memory where it was anywhere close to that. It was it was very very good. I think um there was just I it was I I've so I've gone I've gone blank on his name. What is his name? The the announcer Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Scott Hanson when he's like, all right, we've got eight games in the red zone and things like that, and you're just like. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then... Like six one-score games deep in the fourth quarter, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, and he's like, all right, this is the Octobox, and things like that. And then you're just like, okay, I can't believe all these games are so close, and it's ridiculous. And the thing is, is that it was in every different way. There was just, you know, there was a game decided, like, the comeback happened. So you, you go to, like, New England, there was the comeback. You go, you've... You uh you see the Detroit one, which it didn't happen, and then you've it, got then it did happen, then, then it, it did, didn't, and then it didn't, it did, it didn't, it didn't. Then you've got field goal winning kick, record winning kick, like super and by a rookie, everything. See, was, did you see the uh, the parents? Oh, the the parents. The parents one was great. Was like seeing Joel and Bede. Seeing his, <laughs> no, I haven't seen. I haven't that seen that one. Or... So he's in the crowd and he's just like. He's got his arms out, holding everyone back, like, oh, and then he loses his mind, and everybody's jumping up. It's but crazy. He, watching his dad, like that, like for me, like, I'm not even a father, but it was just like I felt so like proud. Like, yeah, so like, like unbelievable. Do you cut Caleb Sturgis after we just signed him for an extension? <laughs> oh really? Oh boy. I don't know. Man, you could cut him, but he'd just be—he'd be a living legend in Philly. And Carson Wentz off gave him his game check. Apparently, yeah. Did you see that as well? Well, he, he said, uh, "No, you know, he's a hero if he gets this or something like that." I'll and then he went, check. "I'll give him my game check." And then it's like, "Oh no, you got to give him your game check." How much was that, by the way? Twenty-three thousand dollars. Bountiful went wow. No wonder Blair Walsh isn't welcome back in Minnesota because <laughs> the playoff game checks are a lot more. Um, but then, yeah. So you had what did you say that you had? The so Pats. you've got you got the Pats coming back. You have got Detroit not coming back. You've got uh, Jake Elliott kicking the sixty-one yarder. Bears in overtime. Bears in overtime. It was ridiculous, but it, like, it wasn't even just those games. There was there was know, so much chaos. Like you had you had like you had the overtime game in Cincinnati later on. Yes. Um, 
you had the fire and the source from like the Legion of Boom against Tennessee getting flared up with with Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan, you can block for me any single day of my life. <laughs> he ran like forty yards at an incredible pace uh-huh. and just launched into Richard Sherman with absolutely zero fear. It was amazing. Yeah, no, it was crazy. Then you like the even though the Broncos Bills game was stuttering. The Bronco, it was it was a really close game, and you didn't know yeah. what way it was going to go right until the end. Exactly, and then you also had the Colts uh, Browns, which you think was a bit of a dud game, but actually had a lot of like deep passing picks. Um, you know, you had Brissett running it in, Kaiser playing well, Duke Johnson leaping over people. Then you had they kept crossing the Kaiser's mum in the crowd, and you had this drunk Browns guy oh, just dancing in yeah, front of him, which it. was <laughs> bizarre, right? <laughs> yeah. So you had all those games, and then you had. You finished. You finished the week. No, sorry, you started the week with an eighty-point ridiculous game. Amazing that we bet on the under. And then, never, <laughs> just quietly, I've never been happier to be wrong. It was unbelievable. When, when, it, when, it, when it hit like forty at halftime, I was like, "Oh god, I hope this is an eighty-point thriller." And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right, if that game had ended in a 49ers comeback win, I think we would have had nearly a high score uh, on this rating. Yeah. And like, I think it already does, but yeah, um, yeah. And then it finishes with the Cardinals-Cowboys game, which also could have gone either way right up until the end. Except for Bruce Arians royally butchering that game. At fourth down with 47 seconds left, you, you kick I'm going to punt you, it, right? You're going to kick a field goal, right? <laughs> you're at the three. You've got Then you've got 30 seconds left to recover an onside kick, and then you have, what, two attempts at a Hail Mary? No, no. Why, why are you going for it there? Like, you know, that's okay. all or nothing. This is one thing that just um, just a side note while we're talking about this, right? Yeah. We we know Arians is a good coach. Yeah, I'm not saying he's bad. All these coaches have their butchering oh, they moments. Have their moments. Yeah, it's but th- this this is the kind of thing that we would not be talking about whatsoever if this punt was perfected and the defense stopped him or something, and then we'd be like, Bruce Arians is a genius. Uh, like we wouldn't have went for the field goal. He 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 should have punted it. Like that's how we'd be we'd be viewing it. It is. It's retrospective. I know. And but still, I just think right, now you just think. Oh, I know. It's it is silly. But like we've mentioned all this, and we didn't even like we haven't even talked about the like the halftime Bears thing with Marcus Cooper. Van- uh, what an effort from Vance McDonald and Jordan Berry, and then Steelers fans had a go at Jordan Berry because they yes, blame Jordan. He should have he should have recovered it. But when I I kept I rewatched it. He had two Bears guys on the top Bears of The Bears guys were on top of him. Yeah, and they, they were, I know, unless he has, you know, stick him on his, glo- yeah, on his no hands. He's going to come up with that ball. I think hitting it out is the right so thing this to is, save them four yeah, points. This is the thing, right? So if he dives on it, doesn't, it somehow bounces out, which we see all the time. And yeah. if you watch the college game in week one or week two, it was at third and 93. Yeah. They, yeah. No one could pick it up. That was hilarious. Yeah. But, like, if he dives on it, it pops out and the Bears recover it for a touchdown. He would have been absolutely yeah. bombarded by everyone, yeah. but part of me thinks it's the uh, rugby league in it, in him, like <laughs> knocking yeah. it dead for a a dropout. Yeah. It, it <laughs> plus everyone's like having a go at him. He's just run eighty yards. He's a punter. <laughs> He's like, a punter. Shouldn't even be there. I know. Like you should have blocked for him. Um, ha- how many people like <laughs> tweeted disgust against Jordan Berry have actually ever run eighty yards in their life? Please let me know. Oh, by the way, yeah. really pretty fast, dude. He's quick. He's pretty quick. Pretty good. And then, like, even in the, the Packers game, we had Tony Romo predicting, like, oh plays. My. God, he's so good. He's amazing. It is crazy. And then Aaron Rodgers to the sideline, talking to, verbalizing to a coach or something, he goes, that's a stupid call. Stupid 
fault. Which stupid fault. He only is, said it twice, but it's felt like Yeah, he that. he uh I think that just summarizes the Aaron Rodgers frustration in his career in Green Bay. Just being hampered by bad coaching and bad play calling. Are you calling McCarthy an average coach? I am. <laughs> I am. Uh anyway. For me, I think that was probably my best ever red zone experience. Um, in recent memory, yes. Yes. I know there has been others, but it's just hard to remember. But I... over the last what well, eighteen months, I think definitely. Definitely. Yep. All right, it's time to update our uh, Super Bowl picks. Super Bowl picks. We were going to Disneyland. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, who's going to Disneyland, Joshy? Mate, it's going to be the 0-2 Super Bowl. Uh, Jets-Saints both started 0-2. Both had convincing, convincing wins in Week 3. They're going all the way, baby. Jets-Saints, McCown, Breeze. Actually, McCown, Luke McCown. Is Luke McCown still the backup for the Saints? God, I'd love a McCown Super Bowl. Can it happen? It, it, it possibly could happen. Possibly um, could happen. Yeah, it could happen. What's yours? <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, no, 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 nothing like that. I think Elliot. I want to go Philly. I'm just going to throw Philly in there. So it's going to be a Philly v Bengals. Jake Elliott revenge ball. <laughs> what do you reckon? 62 yarder. And one better. So it's going to be revenge, revenge. Um, Bill Lazor is going to be <laughs> the Jake Elliott, Bill Lazor revenge. So what is it? Is it the laser of Jake Elliott's boot, or is it the laser of Bill? Oh, Jake Lazor revenge. Sounds like Jake Laser. Jake Laser. Jake Laser. The Jake Laser ball. There you go. Well done. I uh, I like that. Thank you. I thought all of three seconds about it. <laughs> Josh of the week. This week it's Woot. <laughs> find out next week who wins. <laughs> God, that'd be great. That should have just been the segment. We should have done it. Who wins is... Oh, it's Woot we'll again. It's <laughs> oh, now, this week's Josh of the Week is Josh Jones, the Green Bay Packers safety. Brilliant. The uh, 2017 second round pick recorded 12 tackles, three for a loss, two quarterback hurries, and two key sacks that kept the Packers within reach in a crucial game at home uh, that went to overtime. So credit to Josh Jones, the Josh first ever. Josh of the week. Lucky bugger. JJ. Three. Snap. All right. Looking ahead to week four. Uh, last week I went eight and eight. Woot seven and nine. Uh, we, the, only, time. the only difference was I picked my Colts. So that got me uh, in front. Uh, what a stupid pick, too. So I'm 30 and 17. You're 27 and 20. So I'm ahead by three, but plenty of ball game left in this. Uh, we're only, oh, in, thanks, we're mate. only, we're only thanks. in the third innings to uh, quote your beloved baseball. Uh, uh, anyway, Bear, <laughs> Bears Packers Thursday night. <laughs> I tried to come up with a smart baseball zinger and I had nothing. Foul ball. <laughs> Strike out. <laughs> You're out. You're out of here. And Packers for me, uh, too strong at home at Lambeau. Yeah, how much time are we going to give this? We Not don't much. need. We don't. Not much. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I will ask you one more question. How many more games until Mike Lennon gets benched? Do you think how many? How many more starts does he get? I know they won last week, but he had like seventy yards or something. It's ridiculous, and they still won. But 
you, what have I said? Trubisky will not play this year, so I don't know about you who else. Who else do they have on the books? You still predict that Sanchez? Yes. Yeah, Ah, the Sanchez. He had 101 yards and they won. They scored 23 points with 101 yards. All you need is the double-headed monster. God, that's like an 80-yard. Of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Yeah, the old Jewish. By the way, they, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. Like, not just complimentary and in this offense, like, because they're the focal point. They're yeah. just really good players. Yeah, both of them. So good. Uh, all right, New Orleans Saints at Miami Dolphins. This is a London game at Wembley Stadium. I hate this game. I, so do I. I hate everything. I about actually it. hate it. It's a bad uniform matchup. It's nothing, <laughs> nothing good in this game. I love that. That's how you went. Poor they London. don't. They're not going to look that good. Poor London. Um, I'm taking the Saints, but I honestly, I don't know. I'm not confident about. It. I don't like any of these teams. Um, I didn't pick them in our, uh, our. Other podcast, the punt return. I did not select the Miami Dolphins as in this, the underdog as out my underdog pick, but I was quietly feeling them out. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's going Are you to be picking them or just feeling them. And out? I, I'm still trying to decide right now because the Saints. I mean, they're flying over there. Stefan Diggs is coming back. I don't know how they're going to. Yeah. Willie Sneed. Willie Stefan Diggs. I don't know why. I, I get. I, 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 he's I, on your mind, man. I, How good is he? <laughs> he's so good. They're unbelievable. Him and Thielen together. So I've it's lost it. I've lost it. Um, it's eleven thirty. No. Do you know why I honestly thought that? Because no. they're both on your fantasy team, and I'm playing you this week. Oh, am I? And oh. we're, we're it's the Wooten why uh, clash this week. You're and I'm I'm shocking in that league. There you go. I'm so bad. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Willie Sneed's back. I don't know how they're going to... I don't know if this is going to just ruffle some feathers and they're not going to know what to do or they're going to absolutely explode. I'm, uh, you've written down the Miami Dolphins. For you. you. I thought you were picking that. I don't know. Someone's going to control these sheets. No, nah, all right. No, no. You spent way too long than I hope to watch this game. All Go right. on the Saints. Okay. Willie Sneed right. back. Big fan of the Willie Sneed. Uh, Buffalo Bills at the Atlanta Falcons. This game, sneaky all right. I'm keen to watch the Falcons' run defense try and contain McCoy and Tyrod Taylor. Who? Speaking of quarterbacks for the Ravens, how about getting Tyrod back on your roster? That's the solution for you because Buffalo don't want him next year. Um, yeah. Would you? Uh, who would you rather, Cam Newton or Tyrod Taylor? I know who's playing better right now. Long term, I'd still st- still take Cam. But Tyrod's playing very well. He's keeping them very competitive in games and without much of a receiving core. But Atlanta are too good. I, I, I'm surprised how easily Detroit got back in that game last week. Uh, for me, it was like Matt Ryan had a, he's probably his first bad game in like 13 starts or something where he threw three picks and was, was not great. Uh, I'll... You know, I'm a Matt Ryan realist. Yep. And I still don't think those three picks were his fault. Oh, there you go. So that's how Detroit got in that game. But for most of that game, Atlanta really pounded Detroit and looked comfortable in doing so. So they're a strong team. and I Comfortable pounding. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Buffalo are in for one. Uh, Buffalo, though. Um, t- just talking about Tyra. Like, I, I've come around on Ty God. And Welcome. I think, I think he... He's still, I think when the expectations are this low, he can thrive. But when the ex- expectations are a bit higher, like they were last season when, you know, people were like, hey, is he going to be the, the 
the quarterback of this franchise take them forward and things like that, and the pressure was really on, and he seemed to collapse a bit. So, I don't know. At the moment, he seems to be thriving because no one's expecting the Bills to go any good. I think, and McDermott is a steady, calming influence, I think, in their locker room as opposed to the fire and ferocity and just the inconsistency of Rex Ryan um, that you have in your building. So, I mean, he had 20 of 26 last week for 213. No. Huge yardage, but two touchdowns, safe with the ball. Yeah, I think they can keep this game a little bit competitive, but yeah, Falcons too strong. Uh, Panthers at Patriots, I just can't pick the Panthers right now, the way they're playing offensively. I won't pick the Panthers until they prove that they have something. They can, like, score. They can cohesively just move the ball. Yeah. Um, no can, no Greg Olsen's hurting them. They're not, they're not running with McCaffrey. He's struggling with the running of the football, I think. I don't know what it is. Who would have thought signing Matt Khalil would be an issue for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't help they don't have their center, so. That is also true. So, it's, it's tough, but playing up in Foxborough is very, very tough. Um, if if they can, the one solace is that the, the way to beat Brady and and help keep you in a game against this Patriots team is interior pressure and K1 short and Star Latulalai can bring the fire and the ferocity in the middle. Um, hopefully Thomas Davis is going to be a, a healthier. He was terrible. He was, had a bad game last week. So uh, that could keep them in, in it for a while, but I think the Pats will be way too strong and should comfortably win that game. Me too. Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns. Two th- oh and three teams. Um, you know, the arrow is still pointing up for Cleveland in terms of they're building, but they just can't seem to get these wins. And you kind of want to give them a win somewhere, but then the Bengals are 0-3-2 and showed signs of really good progression on the road at Lambeau, especially offensively, even without Tyler Eifert and some other players. Uh, but Joe Mixon looks really good in Bill Lazor's offense. Yeah, I think they're going to simplify it. They're just going to use Joe Mixon, throw it to AJ Green, especially without... Um, Rocket with, without, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, without Eifert, that's just how they're going to attack this. And Kaiser um, coming up against this defense will be, you know, quite a test. Yeah. What I do love about Hugh Jackson is, and look, Kaiser might throw a record amount of picks this year, and I don't care. That's fine. He's actually giving Kaiser, like Hugh Jackson's giving Kaiser, he's throwing him right in the defense. He's giving him everything, every read, everything. He's not trying to simplify the offense to pick up easy gains and be a game manager just to get more wins. He's just throwing him. I think he'll be such a better quarterback for it next year. The, the Browns know. Hugh Jackson knows that like, we, like wins are great, but they know that they're not going to be in a playoff playoffs or in contention this year. They know that they need another good draft to even be remotely close, and I think that's just smart from them and their organization. Yeah, if you if you um, approach it the way um, <clears throat> he is. When he's out there, if there is a game that he, you know, is he's exposed to the entire um, offensive playbook and things like that, and he goes out there and just puts on a clinic one week, yes, they get the win and it's 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 all well and good. But if he does it with, you know, with the full playbook and, like you said, not just trying to get the win by simplifying things, yeah, like checking down and doing screens, yeah, or doing all doing all kinds of things, throwing a deep, you know, some more like complex plays. The fans are going to see it as well and just think, you know, like, okay, yes, we've had a lot of losses this season, but just, like, look at this win. It just shows you that, like, we're moving in the right direction and this is the quarterback that we need. Yeah. I like Kaiser. Yeah, we're Team Kaiser here. 
Uh, but we're taking the Bengals, unfortunately. Um, again, the, it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns win. No, it wouldn't Which be. Shocking in the slightest. No eliminated picks for us in that game. Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. Now I'm tipping the Vikings. Um, and I want to say if Sam Bradford is playing, and I don't want to throw Case Keenum under the bus because he played really, really good last week, but taking down the Tampa Bay secondary, um, being Case Keenum, is a little bit different to playing this Detroit Lions secondary where Glover Quinn and, and Darius Slay are looking a lot better. Quandre Diggs is playing really well, and they're the sneaky, sneaky all right on defense, the Detroit Lions. So uh, I think if Bradford plays, it's a different kettle of fish. So if he is out, I am switching to the Lions, but in saying that, I still think Keenan can keep them in this game, but it's a little bit different playing Detroit than it is playing the Tampa Bay Bucks. I have the same caveat as you. If Bradford plays, I think he will manage this game superbly against this uh, this Lions outfit. Saying that, if Keenum does play, I'm not as optimistic he keeps it as close as you think. Okay. I think the, the Lions the might... The doubt, yeah. I like I normally was that, but he's coming off a 140 passer rating game where he actually threw some absolute freaking dimes. It's unbelievable. Uh, all right, Jag- oh, freaking laser beam. <laughs> all right, from uh, Austin Powers. Solid sharks, freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. <laughs> good sound drop. All right, uh, Jags going to New York to play the Jets. Split opinion here. Yeah, I'm back on the Bortle bandwagon, baby. I'm not. Oh, it's the not three not, B's didn't mean that. It's not in the UK, so it's like back to normal Blake Bortles. You really? You think the Jets are going to do the number? McCown's been, they've actually put up points every single week. Um, I got this gut feeling. Jets are just going to continue that streak, eh? Of what? Like, no, just like that, that hot run that they, they're bringing back from London. You have to remember, yeah, Jacksonville is traveling back from London. So no bye week after the London game. So that's got to affect some players. So Colts did it last year. Did they have the bye after it? No, they came back and played. Uh, they played at Chicago, I think. I'm not sure whether we won. We we might have won in a close game. I can't All right, remember. So, to be honest, we're both going on this game on gut feels of how the Jags are going to perform, right? Yeah. All right, cool. That's our analysis, guys. Make of it what you will. <laughs> yeah, Colts won by six a week after losing to the Jags in London. Like, vintage Blake Paul. All right, I just I want to skip ahead. I want to skip ahead then okay. to the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. So, only we're only skipping one ahead in our list. Baltimore, um, so this is in, um, so this is in Baltimore after just coming back from London. Yep. They have decided because like, they all everyone's given the option to have the buy after the London game. They so they turn it down to play their biggest rival in Pittsburgh. Yeah, well they they might not have turned it down, but Jacksonville did. So you can't have one team on buy. So I think either two of them had to buy or none. Really? You think? I don't think that's <laughs> that's not how, I don't it know works. how it works. But there's no week four buys anymore, so I don't know. I don't know. Someone's going to tweet us with the actual correct. Some scheduled nerd's going to be like, well, no, no, no. well actually. No. Isn't it two teams get the week four buy usually? Yes. They, they were probably assuming that both these teams wanted it and, and didn't. They, and they said no. All no, right, cool. Yeah. So, but you need, yeah, but you need two teams to say yes, otherwise you can't just have one team on buy. <laughs> Jag's like, nah, we're not doing it because we've got the Jets oh, after it. forfeit. Oh. Easy win. I wonder if that's how it happened. I don't, I don't know. Because the Jags would have been like, no, we've got the Jets. We want to play. We want to play. No, I'm taking I'm taking the Steelers in this. Um, I would have taken the Ravens if Steelers didn't lose last week. So they've got the they've got the Tomlin Road game out of the way. The Tomlin Big Ben Road game out of the way. Now they're traveling to 
the Ravens, but these games are always so tight. Steelers-Ravens rivalry, no matter who's playing quarterback, no one. We know that Big no Ben is not ba- good on the road. So. It's so I still don't understand that fact at all because it's similar conditions in Chicago as it is to Pittsburgh, weather-wise, conditions-wise, field-wise. He just needs the towels spinning. I don't know. Maybe it is. All right, let's, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but we're both taking Pittsburgh. I just, I really want to see this Ravens team again without Marshall Yonder offensively. I, I just can't see them putting up too many points. And the Steelers' defense is good. Well, I don't. So tell me how the game goes. Yep. <laughs> L.A. Rams going to Dallas. Yeah, this is this is another good litmus test for for Jared Goff because it's, it's a little bit different now uh, playing a better team um, and whether they can keep up. And, and the Rams' defense as well containing Dak Prescott. Yeah, part of me, it looks at the, um, like, not defensively, offensively, looking at these teams, it's like the Dallas Cowboys are just, like, one or two years in front of them. In Yeah, a little bit. And that's how it is. And like, they've both got good running backs. Both quarterbacks are looking, um, you know, trending upwards. Um, Dax, obviously, already, um, you know, people were viewing him as the next the next big thing. So, yep. Do you think? Goff is a franchise quarterback, or are you still just waiting? Oh, man, it's three weeks, but I, I look at him and I think we're seeing why everyone said he was so NFL-ready and why yeah. he was going I number always, one. I always come back to what Matt Waldman said about Goff's evaluation before he played, and, and we were we were last year sceptical on writing him off as well because now he actually has a chance. With Jeff Fisher, he never really had a chance, so... I'm, I I Mc, really hope he is. McVeigh is so exciting as a coach as well. It's just early coach of the year yeah. favorite for sure. Like, um, yeah, coach of the year. No, it's not good. Break down to that. Right. Uh, I'll take in the Cowboys <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah. Titans, Texans, little AFC South. By the way, AFC South should have gone four and zero last week if uh, Bill O'Brien decided to not be a pussy and kick a field goal instead of just taking the points. Um, but uh, the I'm taking the Titans. They really impressed me with their win, despite the slow start um, against the uh, Seahawks. Yep. Moving on, uh, New York Giants at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is an interesting game. Both teams coming off um, a loss. Tampa Bay, you know, Arrow was pointing high. Everyone believed the hype after their first win, and then you lose to Case Keenum. Whereas the Giants, you know, a lot of expectation heading into the season. You know, 0-3 now, heartbreaking loss. But this is a dangerous game traveling to Tampa Bay. You do not want to be starting 0-4 as a newsflash, by the way. Breaking news. You do not want to start 0-4. The odds of winning the Super Bowl are significantly decreased if you start the season 0-4. Yeah. I I crunched the numbers, (laughs) spoke to Data Daryl. He he put it through a separate cruncher that he has. Um, Yeah. Said it's horrible. Wow. Just really low odds. (laughs) So there's a very real possibility that the Giants' season would possibly be over with a loss here, but the Bucks they don't really want to start one and two after all the hype that surrounds them, and they play in the division where... The, where like, can we just say no team wants to lose, except maybe the Jets? Yes, <laughs> I know that. So there's a lot <laughs> of right, stake so... for a week four game, as not usually, as you expect, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. It's 11.30 here, I'm losing my mind. But <laughs> The Giants, I'm, I, I've already... It, like, you can lose a game in week four if you're in the AFC South. Or, or whatever. But when you're in their division, the, the Falcons and Panthers are already, you know, racking up wins. You can't can't lose these games. You're going you Bucks. Are you games. going Bucks? I'm going Bucks. Going Bucks. Yeah. There's oh, been boy. so much Actually, crap no, no, given to the Giants. Sorry, I'm going Giants. Oh, here we go. Sorry, no Gerald McCoy, no Levante David. Yep. It's that's rough. That's that's your heart and soul in the middle of your defense gone. 
Oh, it's it's good thing that uh, New York has a running game to lean on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Speaking of running games, Philadelphia. Um, oh, their running game got uh, a little banged up. Little Poor banged Darren. Up. We didn't talk about All this. Right, Darren so Darren Sproles. Um, watching him. Grabs his leg. Meanwhile, he's also shaking his hand midair as he's falling down. He tears his ACL and breaks, I think, his wrist. He breaks his wrist at the same time. If you, I don't know, if you can find a more unlucky injury than that. I know, uh, I know Keenan Allen's gone through some rough stuff with what, a lacerated kidney and things like that. Yep. But to two completely different parts of the body in the one so thing. So it was a torn ACL. He tore his ACL and broke his wrist, or broke his forearm. If that's the way Darren Sproles' career ends, uh, and that that was another thing. So, that's so sad. I think th- this the end of this season possibly could have been his last uh, hurrah. But uh, a tweet from Darren said something. You know, it it pretty much opened it like you know I'll be back. And everyone everyone um, marvels at Tom Brady doing things for his age, and rightly so. But we saw. We see players like Larry Fitzgerald and Darren Sproles who t- cop plenty more hits and play more physical positions, do these amazing things still late in their age. And Darren Sproles is five foot. Oh yeah, this is this yeah, this really gets me irked up because like I I really want to swear and just yeah. say like it's really messed up though. Yeah. How like these the NFL would be such a different place without characters and like the history of what Darren Sproles has done and Fitzgerald being like. Just the Superman, like he's such a like they're both iconic symbols in the league because Darren Sproles you look at he can't he can't be good look how small he is he's this old he can't still be fast he nearly twenty thousand all purpose yards yeah and it's just uh, it's ridiculous it's still absolutely an absolute steal getting him from the Saints I still can't they could believe do with him right. They could really use wow. Darren Sproles. Yeah, but I like they've got Kamara now. But the last few years, they really needed a Darren Sproles. Yeah, and going back to Fitzgerald, I know like he's so talented in what he does, but like even just his appearance, there's no one that looks like Larry Fitzgerald at that age. Either. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, All right. If, if if Sproles' career is over, he's he's undoubtedly a Hall of Famer for me. Like, well, he's all-purpose yard leader, isn't he? Something yeah, some ridiculous. Yeah, but thing. some people don't reckon he is. So uh, for me, he's absolutely in there. Yeah. Um, as someone that's not a tall tall person, I appreciate uh, Darren Sproles right. so much. Well, anyway, going back to uh, Philadelphia's so, backfield, that's how it happened. Corey Clement. Corey Clement. He's a small. Looks he's a good. Good dude. Yeah. Good. Uh, good running back. That guy. We signed uh, Kenyon. Kenyon. Kenyon Barner off yep. uh, practice squad or from somewhere. He's been. Uh, he's been around the organization for a while, so he knows this. Um, Journeyman. Yeah, he knows this offense. Yep. Going up against the Chargers, though. The Chargers, I'm not sure about. This home crowd will be 50-50 split between Philly and Chargers fans or tourists, whoever you think is going to be supporting the Chargers. But yep. I don't know. I don't know. Philip Rivers scares me. Um, and I think that he, 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 he has the ability to pick this defense apart, especially if it doesn't get some pieces back. But at the same time, Philly just... Seem to keep in games or just, I mean, look yeah. look at the game they just won. A sixty-one yard field goal won it for them. So you built you built well in the trenches. So on any given Sunday, you guys are going to be in a match because you can keep your quarterback upright and you can keep their quarterback not like that's. It sounds simple, but Philly are built are built really well in that regard. I 
I think they can have a really good chance of winning the division. The Eagles, like I and Carson Wentz hasn't even been that outstanding yet either. Like he's been, he's been a magician on on some players, but he hasn't had an overall, you know, amazing game yet. Like yeah, it's still coming. Do you know Do you know what's helping Carson Wentz a lot now, just to um keep players alive and thing? I think they look at at, at Carson as this um tall tall quarterback who. When when he's when he's upright in the pocket and he 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 looks like a legitimate pocket passer, but his his ability to scramble and gain extra yards with his legs, I don't think any team's really planning for his ability to do that. They're not uh, trying to contain the pocket and stop him from escaping. And when he does, he can he can really rack up some running yards. Yep. Both taking the Eagles. I'm still taking the Eagles. There. I to be honest, if I wasn't a Philly fan, I would be on the Chargers, but yeah, I'm, yeah. pulling at my heartstrings yeah, here. It's hard to. Uh... Plus my, game. you know, my my uh, cousin goes for the Chargers. So. Yeah, bit of family bit feud. Bit of family going feud on. going on. Forty Niners, Cardinals. Uh, this one should be easy. I think the Cardinals will win this game at home. They were uh, pretty uh pretty good against the Cowboys. Um, in a, in a loss. I think this will be an air shootout. Yeah, cool. I'm 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 down with that. Do you think it will be? Yeah. I think it could be a high scoring game. The, the Cardinals could be in a little bit of trouble. Uh. Offensively, if the 49ers front seven can get pressure, we saw what Demarcus Lawrence just did to them. So, if, you know, bit of sneaky value there DeForest, on the 49ers. DeForest Buckner uh, is having a really good season so far, and they look really good up front. So, I still think the Cardinals are the better team at home. Uh, the lines are roughly around seven if you you're if you're keen. If you're keen, I like check that. out the punt return. Uh, okay, Oakland Raiders at Denver Broncos, Mile High Stadium, high altitude. Trevor Simeon thrives in the high altitude. I'm taking the Broncos at home. We're, we we were low on the Raiders, so their loss to the... I didn't expect them to be that bad against the Redskins, but we weren't too surprised. No, we weren't. Um, I liked the Washington's... Uh, I liked the Washington uh, position going into that game. I think we weren't high on Oakland going into the season. We didn't think they were going to fall flat on their faces, but maybe there's a little bit of uh, uh, reality creeping into their game right now. Broncos at mile high, though. I, I love it. Much different team than on the road. Uh, Colts at Seahawks. Not too much to talk about this. Uh, Seattle, 13-point favorites. Much better team than uh, a Colts team without Andrew Luck. Although Joe Kobe Brissett's been a little bit saucy, um, but Seahawks should be too strong for the Colts at home. Um, the secondary and the linebackers of Seattle are so quick. It's not going to be It's not going to be the um, Brissett, you know, Escaping and 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 running for these touchdowns like he did against Arizona, that just won't happen. No. Nope. Uh, Washington Redskins at Kansas City Chiefs, pretty interesting. Uh, Washington back to back primetime games in back to back weeks, but the Chiefs probably the best team in football at the moment. Um, every single game they've been strong. Uh, at Arrowhead, where they're always, always much better and uh. You know, Washington were good, but still not buying too much there. I'm still struggling to understand the Redskins. Um, where's Terrell Pryor? Good question. Where's that guy gone? Yeah, good question. Josh Dobson's coming on. Looked all right. I want to see it in back-to-back games. Me too. But uh, like, it's, it was good. It was finally like for a Redskins fan, you're like finally. for a first round, first round draft pick. Is that what he was? Yep. It's good to see that. Yeah, he. Uh, it's been a while often injured um you know when you have him in a reality online sports dynasty league it's good to see a player that you know you invest a lot in finally to do something was he on, <laughs> was he on your bench uh yes 
definitely. Yeah. Did you know Mike Evans is only four months older than Josh Doxson? Josh Evans is just unbelievable. Uh, Brandon Cooks is probably three years younger. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Watkins is only a day older than Cooper Cup. Damn. Which is crazy when you really think about things. But some wide receiver ages. Just to finish the show, um, we're both on the Chiefs. Thanks for listening to another installment of the Wooten Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootenY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at Woot and Y.